Andino Andina is written, read, edited and produced by me. The story continues. My luck held as I saw it. I had found the frequency and was soon taking down messages, or at least practicing to make the connection more comfortable and stable. We are Andino Andina, a collective of beings stranded here a long time ago. We exist in our light bodies and we are individuals as well as a collective. We are not male or female, or rather we are both. Our energy is balanced. We are an example of living within worlds. We live on the same planet as you, yet for many years we were only seen by humans a handful of times. We live in one frequency state, humans mostly reside in another, rendering us invisible to most of you, at least those who come here looking for us. To start with, the pieces felt random, but soon they became more interesting. Technically perfect does not mean engaging. No one is here to become perfect. Indeed, there is no such thing, or everything is perfect, depending how you look at it. You are all here to allow vibration through into the world in a way that is unique to you. And then came this. The way you view money is holding you to this particular reality. As you already know, what it really does is anchor you to linear time. This is an unstable time for you all. You experience your reality as uncertain in so many ways. You are moving out of polarity and duality, and we wish you to come up with something less aggravating. For instead of seeing money as energy and allow it to move through you as it was intended to be used, a tool for easy trade, many mistake it for self-worth and pin personal value on how well you amass it. We noticed when we approached you, Jacqueline, that instead of asking yourself, does this sound interesting to me? Do I want to do this? You went straight for, how would that be possible? And later, instead of asking for what you needed, you very quickly leapt to, what's this going to cost? And, I don't have that in my bank account. Now you do. How has that changed the way you feel? Has it? Do you still think this is a fluke, that you will find yourself stranded or left high and dry? This was a nice interlude. Thank you very much and goodbye. You do not know what's at the end of that other bank card that we, or Agent Bronn as our representative, gave you to use, and you never will, not completely. It will, however, be declined when you are out of integrity and try to spend on what you do not feel deserving of. That will force you to think and observe and be congruent, in alignment with your intentions and spendings, as easy or as difficult as that. As long as you are present in the moment with it, it will be there when you have need for it. Never had Paluccia and Kachina made any comments about money. Tonio had gone with Manolo to meet with some people at the local solar center, excited to see how this culture had embraced solar power and how it had brought advancement to their timeline. Just a couple of days ago, Tonio had been able to share his knowledge with those interested. Now, here was his opportunity to learn. I was in the cabin, 
still enjoying the novelty of the wood burner and the coziness of the fire crackling. I was also having a lively discussion with a voice called Andino inside my head. We often see you, at a certain stage of your spiritual development, raging at what you perceive to be injustices in the world when it comes to opportunities to wake up. What we say to this is, as soon as you are asleep, and by that we mean your physical bodies are asleep, you are all equal. In your sleep state, you all have the same access to everything outside of your day-to-day -day existence of perceived limitations. So know that you choose to stay asleep or not. The same way someone chooses to day after day watch TV, perhaps. It's self-hypnosis. Yes, there do exist others who have a vested interest in keeping humanity distracted and in an obedient, unquestioning state with regards to their beliefs and existence. Just as it has been in the interest of some governors among men to educate the common people just enough to be useful for their own purposes ever since before the Industrial Revolution, it has served their purpose to reinforce the survival instinct and fear of death with other man-made fears, such as authority and fear of being kicked out of the pack. Likewise, some religions have yielded their power and used their concept of God to secure obedient little bricks for society. There again, remember life is a co-creation. You choose which part you are going to play. You then swap roles to get to experience all sides. And you can change that too as you go along, by becoming aware, by realizing this is all a game we as souls play. You wake up and you choose to live a more mindful life. Just like building muscle memory, this is a process. We know you, Jacqueline, don't agree entirely with this, thinking, how can anyone choose to experience such poverty, to watch their children starve to death, or be a helpless onlooker to loved ones dying after unspeakable suffering, from diseases or other afflictions so easily remedied by sound nutrition, nourishing food or simple medicine. In the same way you agree to joyous reunions, you sign up to partake in upsetting or seemingly unbearable experiences before incarnating, to understand deeply. What's intolerable to one is less so to another. Compare it to a phobia, be that of spiders, snakes or rats, for example. The same is true for the core issue that you choose to explore in depth during a particular incarnation. There is nothing wrong with staying asleep. It is simply a choice. But what if they don't know there is more to life than what's around them? How do you know that? They don't know they're being duped. They're mass-hypnotized by media and fluoride and crap disguised as food. We repeat, every night when you fall asleep, as soon as your body. But what about the ones who don't have time to meditate, or don't even know what that is? It is still their choice, and as such it is valid. Their soul have chosen a different path to someone like yourself, for whatever reason. They have the same choices available to them when they go to the cinema or choose to watch something. And many choose the fear emotion experience because it feels exciting to them. It makes them feel alive. 
It agrees with their beliefs and their current vibration. It can't be healthy, though. On that we agree. That said, we must stress, that is a personal opinion. I want to believe you, I really do. I may have to digest that for a while. Take all the time you need. We do not want you to just accept what we, or anyone else for that matter, give you without questioning and scrutinizing it first. At the same time, we are here to convey a message to the world and for you to pass that on as purely as you can. Then others can have their own thoughts, feelings and points of view. Yeah, I understand that, the phone box scenario. The phone has no opinion, it just delivers the message. I know. And I was alone again in my head. Whatever happened to over and out? Right, I'm going out. What? Where are you going? Startled, I looked up and turned down the floaty background music I sometimes used as a sound screen. The rain had been pouring down for two days. A minute earlier, Tonio had been playing some game on his phone, which was all ever good for here, that and an easy access camera, and the cabin had been a picture of domestic bliss to my distracted eyes. I'm going out! This place is driving me crazy! Why? How come? I thought you liked it here for a change. Oh, it's all right for you. What do you mean it's all right for me? You wanted to come here too. Don't tell me you didn't. You wanted to go and I just came along. It's all right for you with your invisible pals to talk to and write about. What about me? I'm going out to see if I can find a beer and some life and some real people. I knew better than to argue. Do you want me to... Come with you? I finished the sentence to the slammed shut door. My mood and flow was broken. I supposed I could have done with a break too. I was aware of my workaholic nature and insecurities, wanting to make sure I gave my patrons, or whatever they considered themselves to be, my best and all, including most of my waking hours. Deep breaths. I reread the last paragraphs but it was of no use. My concentration was gone. I threw the pen down and looked around the cabin, suddenly aware of an upwelling frustration I had not been aware had followed me here. At least you can talk to people, I shouted at the closed door, about something more than platitudes commenting on the fucking weather and other useless chit-chat. Even here going about normal life was a constant reminder that I did not have the skills required to fit in. Just like at home, where I was painfully reminded every interactive moment how pitiful my Spanish was, despite thousands of hours of lessons. My brain continued to pretend it was made of some quality non-stick material and refused to retain anything beyond the basics. To add insult to injury, my frustration with the situation robbed me of any natural charm required. Damn it! Screw you and this cursed language, and damn you brain and your useless head too. At my continued outburst, Kachina hissed and jumped down off the sofa as if to say fuck you too before retreating to the bedroom. Pelucci looked at me with big, worried, jade-green eyes. All in a moment my anger was gone again. I kept forgetting Tonya was an extrovert and a people person and as such required much more external stimulation than I did. 
At home I could go for days without much interaction beside the cats and the internet. He, on the other hand, would be at work, hanging out with friends or playing football. At home it worked. I had the necessary space and solitude I craved to create. He got what he needed. Since we arrived here, had I come to expect him to be and behave more like me? Not consciously, of course. I involved him as much as possible, and made every effort to make him feel integral to the whole process, because he was, and not just because his awesome people skills made him the perfect icebreaker and interpreter. Even though I was the walker between worlds, Tonya was just as important, no necessary, part of the equation to me. Even at home I often felt as if part of me were missing when he wasn't in town. I could never have done any of this without him, and I knew that. I knew that very well. Yet sometimes it gave me a mental image of having a small child that needed to be kept busy and distracted, or they'd become destructive and start colouring the walls with crayons. Now I wasn't sure what he thought about his part in this Jack's latest crazy idea, or however he looked at it. But I didn't know what to do to show him that in any more ways than I already did. There was no doubt in my head that when the book was published the cover would have both of our names on it, or neither. But had I actually said that out loud? Or did I just take for granted that he would just already know somehow? I was still stressed, I realized. For all the confidence Bron and his invisible associates were showing in me, I was still not convinced I'd be able to deliver what they had in mind. Right now it seemed far off. The heat was on. Even if they reassured me everything would be fine, and just to relax into the whole thing. Pelucci had settled down again and was watching me through slitted eyes, with a wary look in case of any surprises. It's okay, I could. My big little boy will be okay. Everything is gonna be fine. For a fleeting moment I wondered if he too was missing home, or he could roam at his own leisure. If he was missing his playmate, a small black-and-white female that lived a few doors up and had started coming round to play and hang out. I knew Pellucci was fixed, so there wouldn't be a string of tiny unexpected kitten in his wake, should the mood suddenly take him. A local veterinary clinic ran a pro bono trap-and-release spay-and-neuter program to keep the stray cat and dog population under some kind of control. I'd volunteered at many of those events in the past. These days I was becoming too sensitive to spend days inhaling the smells of the surgery and the fear exuded by some of the feral fur folk brought in. In the end I decided that for now it would be in my best interest to step back and hold a space of calm and peace from a distance. I sighed and reeled my wandering mind back in, here and now. I tapped my sleeping foot on the floor and vowed to myself that from now on I would take things at a more leisurely pace, spend more time hiking and do normal things with Tonio out of doors, instead of just pressing on with the work, even if that meant the whole thing would take longer to complete. Heck, I didn't even know the schedule or where we were going with this whole thing. I just showed up every day and did what I could. This was meant to be a bit of a holiday too, was it not? The team, as I'd come to think of them, were in no time so I couldn't see them objecting. The only one putting pressure on me was me.
I wondered if Bron would let us have the four-wheel drive or something for a few days. And just like that, a car key appeared on the table in the empty fruit bowl. Merd. I'd forgotten again about the whole telepathy thing. Better rein my moods in a bit. I took a couple of deep breaths and put the key in my jean pocket with a silent thank you. I could just imagine the conversation elsewhere. Fascinating, aren't they, these earthlings? They have conversations with themselves in their heads, trying to second-guess each other. I chuckled to myself. I might as well make the most of it and buckle down and do some work then, seeing as it was only me here, and that way I would feel less guilty when we went out on an excursion tomorrow. It was about four hours later when I decided to call it a day and go to bed. It was almost one in the morning, and the latest I'd been up and awake since we arrived in Cordoba, and still no sign of Donio. He must have found something to entertain himself, I said to the cats, trying to convince myself that worrying was unnecessary. Hadn't he looked after himself just fine before I entered the picture? Stop being silly, I said sternly to my mirror image after brushing my teeth. He's just fine. Just letting off some steam and having extrovert time with other people. Go to bed. Get some sleep. I resisted picking up a book to distract myself by reading. Otherwise, I'd simply keep myself awake to whatever time he decided to come back. The sound of voices woke me up from an uneasy slumber. 10 to 5 a.m. I got out of bed and wrapped a blanket around me. Sido! I heard a slurred voice through the door. Sido, it's me, Tonio! Let me in! I opened the door a crack and Tonio stumbled forward as the two men supporting him let go. Buenoches! Buenoches! They grinned drunkenly at me. Buenas noches, I nodded. Gracias por... Gracias. Hasta mañana. Muchas gracias. I shut the door and turned the key. What you did up for? They're my friends, slurred Tonio. That's fine. I'm sure they have homes to go to. Yeah, duh. You were being rude to my friends. I wanted you to meet them. Tonio was making unsteady progress across the floor, shedding his parka halfway, and fell into a chair. I said thank you, and there'll be plenty of time later, I'm sure, I said quietly wondering if perhaps I had been rude, then deciding that they had been way too far gone to notice. I didn't like dealing with drunk strangers at the best of times, particularly not men. I was grateful they'd walked Tonio back, of course I was, but I was also sleepy and doubted our conversation, such as it had been, would be remembered the next day, except by me, who was capable of fretting about everything. I'm going back to bed, are you coming? Tonya was already asleep, passed out in one of the bucket chairs, snoring open-mouthed, his head lolling. I draped the blanket I was holding around him and found myself a hoodie instead. I added a scoop of briquettes to the embers still glowing in the fireplace and got a small fire burning before securing the fire guard back in place, all the while trying not to keep going over the scenario again and again. Time at last to rejoin the cats in bed.
Thank you for taking the time to listen. Andino Andina is written, read, edited and produced by me. Copyright Liz Rosales 2014 and 2021